Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm your host, Joe Kuzma, and flanked by my 1B, sometimes 1A, uh, but he was out playing in the wilderness or something, going to weddings, bumping into Ndamukong Sioux over the weekend. I see those tweets by my friend, the one and only Zach Flash Celedonia. He's got a big grin on his face. What were you, do- what were you doing, man? Kick a pressure mall. It's, it's been a minute since I've been out that way, but... It's still we had uh, a wedding to go to. I've, yeah. I've never been there before. And I kept calling it the Prince of Persia Mall because I've never heard of the King of Prussia Mall before. It's a, I'm not a big mall guy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw Indomitian Sue at the mall, dude. It was the craziest thing. I um I always think like when I go vacation places, like if I'm going to Florida or something, I thought, oh, it'd be cool if I saw Tom Brady, like as a joke. And uh, I see Indomitian Sue at the mall. Not good for my paranoia about the simulation theory because what are the odds of seeing an nfl player there i i saw him standing in line and i like did a double take and i thought well that's funny that guy looks like indomitian sue and then uh, <laughs> as soon as i turned around i spun back around and i was like no that's I, that's indomitian sue <laughs> and it made sense because uh, we were in the philadelphia area yeah and y- you know what um, it's kind of crazy because like, I- I've been to like some of the pens games, particularly like their postseason games. They'll have like Steelers show up. I've said this story before. There was one time I like bumped into a dude in the bathroom and I was like, yeah, I can't place the name and face, but I'm like, you definitely play for the Steelers. You're walking around in shorts, which you know, no, no normal human beings doing at this time of the year right now. It's cold in here with ice, but we did bump into one year, Kevin Colbert. And I didn't believe it was him. I think I told this story to you before my, my cousin's like that. He's he's nudging me. He's like that's that's Kevin Colbert. I'm like no, there's not. And we were there early. My buddy used to work for the Pens. We were in like the the club level and stuff like that. So he just walked out of the club level where we were heading to, and and he's with the woman, presumably his wife, significant other. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's Kevin Colbert. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it is. I was like, hey, Kevin. And he turns around, <laughs> and it's like. Now, what do you do? You didn't really think this one out, bonehead. So real casual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like that was the year they drafted uh Colin Holba, uh long snapper. So nice. yeah, it was like right after that too, like that week right after the draft, like within that period. So he was he finally had some downtime, apparently. And uh the first smart ass thing that came to my mind was I was gonna be like, so hey, long snapper pick, huh? Like, but I didn't say that, of course. It was just like a, it's all about tone. I'm sure if you would have <laughs> said it like in a joking way, you can always put off or you can get away with busting balls as long as you get your tone across the right way. I saw Cobra before at uh some of my buddies and I went back to our high school like two or three years after graduating to watch a Friday night game and uh he was there and uh walked up to him and got to shake his hand actually. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm not an autograph seeker for the most part. I've got a couple cool ones that are, you know, in my personal collection from various sports and whatnot. Steelers, obviously, a couple. Uh, Art Rooney, a second, who we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, that just rolled off the tongue just great. But uh, training camp, I think it was like two, three years ago. I think it was pre-COVID everything. And, you know, guys stand out when they just do. He's always going to be dressed up. He's wearing like a polo shirt and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's Art Rooney walking by. You know what I mean? 
And he kind of flies under the radar a lot more than Dan Rooney would. I remember being at the Hall of Fame in Canton for one of the inductions. It was the Bettis induction, and it, everybody's getting off the bus and got to see John Madden and Dan Rooney at that time coming off the bus. I mean, Dan Rooney just real slow, Yoda-like, and everybody just parts the seat and lets him walk through. The crowd of people. But, Yoda-like. He yeah, is very Yoda-like. He, he was. like It was later years, especially, and, you know, the wisdom and everything else, like very much a good analogy for him. And... Uh, the the cool thing though um, with Art Rooney was is like it's almost like nobody knows who he is just to see him. He's he was kind of flying under the radar at that point, and one person that's is all it takes. One person identifies him and goes and takes a picture, and people are starting to think they look around. They're like, you know, everybody's looking for autographs in that environment and pictures and whatnot. And then another person will be like. Oh, that's Art Rooney. And then it's like, sound the alarms, bells and whistles. And it's that's just why like, I didn't say anything to Sue because I didn't <laughs> want him to like kill me. <laughs> that's too crazy, man. That's too crazy. So, uh, but speaking of Rooney and all the things that are going on, but you know what? I got to ask though. It's like you were, it, you were in that area. What was the general, was there a, bu- there had to be a buzz because you're right outside, <laughs> Dude, Philadelphia, right outside uh, Philadelphia there. Yeah. There, there- there were numerous go bird uh, calls dropped during the uh, the wedding itself, like when they were getting married, like the the priest guy yeah, marrying them and uh, the groom himself dropped a couple go birds. So, and the last song that was played uh, for the wedding, like at eleven at night, was uh, "Fly Eagles Fly." Uh I mean, I could tolerate it some. It's like, it's an NFC team. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Eagles, I, I didn't mind. I don't really have too much hatred for the Eagles really I at know. all. Because uh, they just aren't in our way ever, you know. And I don't, I know like the Flyers are uh, a big problem with uh, the Penguins and people hate them. So I can see that aspect of it. But I'm not a big Eagles hater by any means. I was, I was rooting for them yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I, I had the sentiments that they were just going to beat the brakes off of the 49ers and then when purdy got hurt that was but that's that's a whole other topic we've got a whole lot of stuff coming up here on the um on the topic so why don't we just get to it because we're going to just keep dancing around this stuff but still it's pretty cool that you survived an indomitian sioux sighting even more impressive maybe that you um were able to spot him and know he was talking about art rooney the second he just had a press conference and had some comments and the thing that probably drives me battiest about when they do these type of presser type things is Everybody and their brother now is going to put out a head a headline or some form of clickbait or something that basically amounts to, oh, look, the Steelers just said they're going to do X and Y and Z because he just I, he didn't say any of those things like, oh, they're definitely going to they're going to improve the offensive. They're going to improve the team. The guy is not going to speak ill of anybody that's on the current roster. You know what I mean? It's just. That type of thing. I don't, how do you feel about these? I feel like it's it's like coach speak, but it's more like owner speak. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the stuff that he's talking about has already been predetermined. Like people got mad at the uh, the Canada stuff, and I, I mean, the, I, I admit that he, I saw the Mitch thing about the, him saying he hopes to retain him or whatever it was that he said. I don't know the direct quote, and that surprised me. But at the same time, yeah, he's just gonna he's not gonna say right there to the interviewer. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna get rid of him. We're trying to trade him. We're we're not happy with this position. It's it's all coach speak and all uh, owner speak. Yeah, and I don't have I, I don't believe I have a transcript. I'm gonna try and find any of the direct quotes like he actually said. Just um by by virtue of this whole thing, it's like I like to at least say what uh, I hate saying something paraphrasing it. 
but in a roundabout way, some of the things that were said, it was like, oh, for example, let's just rip the Band-Aid off, the gift that just keeps on giving. It's Matt Canada. And it's like, there's just this whole vote of confidence. He didn't let the guy go. They haven't interviewed anyone else. All Everything was... Uh, Byron Leftwich was going to get fired and the Steelers are talking to Canada and Canada's going to be gone and Leftwich is going to be hired. Now he did let out some like little like uh blurb about they can, or they will, or they look to improve in all areas or something like that. Uh, the kind of paraphrase it's like, yeah, yeah, duh. yeah duh. but everybody thinks it's this big rubber stamp uh, approval or whatever. There's a few ways I, I see this. Okay. Um, this is, this goes back to what you and I were talking about. Uh, th- this whole off season so far, like I said, Matt Cannon, the gift that keeps on giving, we said, you're not going to ruin Kenny Pickett's progress. And you're thinking, well, Matt Cannon, if he sucks as an OC or whatever, but you didn't have a full off season. He's given a benefit of the doubt that they didn't have all of this time together. And Kenny is a rookie and he's going by like, you know, generations before him with art senior and Dan Rooney and how the Steelers have always operated. So that, yeah. Um, is the Steelers way of doing things antiquated? I don't know. Oh, well, winning seasons. You could say this. It was something like pony was saying something like that with the Eagles going back to the super bowl. Now second time in five years. And then they had some crap seasons in the middle and they have different coaching staffs and things like that. They're lucky because it don't always work out like that. Jalen Hurts could have very, and I was wrong about Jalen Hurts coming out of college. He could have very well been a bum. And they were talking about that the whole offseason leading into all of this too. So there was no, what do you want to say, seal of approval or any guarantees that the Eagles were going to be the team this year. And the Rams, defending Super Bowl champions, now fall back off a cliff. It just goes to show you it's parody in the NFL there's a few different thoughts of and ways of doing things, but I can guarantee you, I don't think the Eagles, they win the Super Bowl in two weeks. They're not going to be dumping Nick Sirianni like they did Peterson. There were some other things going on there, some ulterior things. And among that being Carson Wentz just wasn't really the guy. I think they got kind of lucky. They're playing with good defense, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I feel like more often than not, we get stuck with sounding like we're defending Matt Canada. And I don't think either one of us ever is defending Matt Canada. <laughs> uh, no, it, no. I don't really like, or I don't think yeah. I like or defend him. I just no. more so understand like not him, but I understand why the Steelers felt like they needed to keep him. And we hinted at it weeks ago that if Kenny finishes out the season strong, they may want to keep Canada because that that's the offensive coordinator he's grown with and gotten better with. And this is, this year is probably make or break almost definitely for Canada. If if we do better on offense and are putting up more points, I'm sure he'll stay longer. And if not, he'll get then he'll finally get the axe. But yeah, I don't think it's worth getting upset about again <laughs> that Canada is going to be the offensive coordinator because this was decided about like, you know, I feel like two weeks ago at this point, it's been since he hasn't been fired. It might just be might have just been a week. I don't know. All these days kind of just lump together <laughs> as, as the football season's yeah. dwindling away from us. It really does. And now uh, I saw a thing on one of the, like the echo show echo dot thing that I have. I don't want to say her name or else she'll wake up in the background somewhere here and try and talk to me. But it said, the question was that, that, you know, they give you the hints, the tips on what to do uh, with the Amazon stuff. And it was like, you know, ALXC, I can't even spell it. ALXA. How many teams are left in the NFL playoffs? 
It's like uh, two, two to be exact for those of you who call everything sports ball and don't pay attention to this stuff. That was kind of funny. But yeah, um, I, I'm not defending Canada. I, I think that the job he did practically, uh, frankly, it sucked. But from the bye week, this team, with the exception of Mitch Trubisky throwing a bunch of touchdowns, they should have been only lost one game. They went seven and two, should have went eight and one. That's enough to leave a little bit of doubt in your mind as the rest of the league is trying to also get answers. Look how many offensive coordinators are switching jobs or being canned and openings are available. We talked about Tampa. The Jets had their opening. Uh, who else? Nathaniel Hackett go into the Jets as Rogers bait. That's yeah. absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Well, aside from the staffs that are going to be completely brand new, like Houston and Carolina and uh, Denver, you know, uh, didn't the Rams also make a switch too? I think. Uh, somebody somebody else made a switch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rams got uh, LaFleur's brother. So That's now right. McVay has the second LaFleur in there with him to run the offense. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's just like everybody's – oh, and the Ravens are still looking for somebody too. And supposedly they're talking to Eric Bieniemy, And I'm just like, why would Eric Bieniemy take a lateral move? That's a step down. This dude's about to coach in a Super Bowl. Well, he could show that he could do it on his own. He's got a show to do it on his own as a head coach. Uh, if he goes out of Andy Reid's shadow just to another established head coach like John Harbaugh, who you don't know is going to ha for sure have Lamar Jackson in his stable, that's just going to kill any chance he has of getting the big shot head coaching, big cheese job, you know? I, and I, I, don't, and I, I, don't I like that. Lamar, but even if he is there, are we, are we sure he can run the Chiefs-style offense? That's not really designed for a quarterback like Lamar. Him and Mahomes, although – Albeit both good quarterbacks, Mahomes a great quarterback. Obviously, uh, they ru they run very different offenses. So I don't know if the enemy would want to go to a team that is so run centric. You know what I mean? When he's made his name off of these explosive offenses and Mahomes and Alex Smith back in the day throwing the ball for touchdowns down the field. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally with you on that too. It's just. It doesn't seem like the right fit. It just seems like more like clickbait exactly. stuff. And we're going to get into this when we talk about uh, Brian Flores as well, unfortunately, because um, there you got to say, I will say it right now, and it just comes off and rolls off the tongue the wrong way, but there's really role like um, requirements where they have to, all these teams have to uh, interview a certain number of diversity candidates. Now, just because they interview someone, the big the squawking that comes out of this a lot of times is, well, Eric Bieniemy didn't get a job. And one of the things that might be a, throwing a bone for him here is getting in front of an organization like the Ravens, which is a which is I hate to say it, but pretty much a well run operation over the last twenty years. It's a solid organization, and those interviews will help him prepare for the other interviews that will land him the gig. Even though he's been with Kansas City, you still gotta have so you still gotta have this experience of the interviews, and also it's networking and who you talk to, and football is family. It's a big community, so there's a little more to it. I but I just I generally I don't think that's a job he's gonna take. I think that that is like a um, it's a double favor on both sides. It may seem like oh well he's not gonna get hired, so they're just doing this to satisfy the Rooney Rule requirement for the coordinator and the stuff, right? Because that trickles down from head coach to coordinator now. But at the same time, I do think that could be a benefit to Eric Bieniemy. You never know who he's going to be talking to right now within the Ravens organization. That might be with another organization one or two years down the road as well. So that's where I'm at. That's where I, I feel with that. Uh, moving on. 
<laughs> another gift that's going to keep on giving. I thought we were done with this dude. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> no, no, please. He's already dead. Remember that gift? Dude, I don't I, – I was one of the people – now I sound like a hypocrite because when I heard Rooney say that they believe that they're going to keep Trubisky for next year – I was like, well, to do what exactly? You know, at his at his salary, you know, making eight million or whatever it is to be a backup yeah. quarterback. If he wants to take a restructure and like make way less than that, he can stay. I can. I'm a big man. I can admit that he's a good backup quarterback. That, that'd no, be awesome. No, 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 no. I'll. Ne I can't admit that. Like, <laughs> I, no, I can't. The backup quarterback's got to at least keep you afloat. And okay, he won against the Buccaneers, but man, geez, like. That game against um, Cincinnati or or Baltimore. I'm sorry, Baltimore. Uh, the Patriots uh, game, the Ravens yeah. game. I mean, there's a well, lot. Well, yeah, the other ones. But I'm talking about where Kenny gets hurt and then he throws all the picks, and it was the just Ravens. like, yeah, it was the Ravens. It's the Ra it's always the Ravens. It's always yeah. the Ravens. The Ravens are know, always man, like forcing the backups in. It's uh, I know I know I sound hypocritical too because I've said enough about. Landry Jones calling him Landry Goat back in the day, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, you I'll know. tell you this: I'd rather them keep Mason at like three or four million than than Mitch at three or four million. So I think we can agree maybe there. But that, that yeah, the Mitch thing, I'm not upset that Rooney said that because again, I can understand general manager, coach, owner speak. So I can get that he's just doing lip service saying that kind of stuff. But I, I I'm doubling down. I would be so shocked if he was back as the backup, making eight million a year next year, especially because I think he feels a little slighted too. Well, it's a little more than it's weird. Contracts are always difficult to talk about like this. So when people got to got to understand uh, that he signed a two year, 14.3 million contract, five and a quarter million guaranteed. Of which 2.6 or basically half of that guaranteed money is the dead money for next year. So he's actually a cap number of 10.6, but they would save $8 million. So he's actually making like $10 million as a backup. I'm sorry. That's when you, when you look, I, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. We'll go by positions here. Let me find the quarterbacks. 10 and, million, dude. Yeah. 10 million like for Mitch Trubisky uh, ain't happening. My boy and Dominic and Sue for, for the season. Oh man. But look, man, uh, Aaron Rodgers, which is on the, on the list further down. Let's, let's keep scrolling here. Mitchell Trubisky is set for, is this still what, what year is this? This is full contract. I wonder if we've got a uh, 2023. Oh, geez, the cap numbers. This is always great, too. So Mitch Trubisky's right behind Joe Burrow and above Trevor Lawrence, and they're on rookie deals. Tua, <laughs> Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Herbert. There's All right. Kenny down there. Yeah, Terod Taylor. Okay, Colt McCoy, $5 million. Now we're starting to talk, man. Nick Foles, 3.6. Trevor Simeon, uh, 2.4. Cap it. And I mean, some of these are give or take, might be in that, like you were saying, the $4 million, $5 million type range. So uh, yeah, quite a few. That's backup money. That, yeah. That's good backup money. You don't need to be paying a guy $10 million to maybe come in for one or two games. Best case scenario for the season. It, ten, that's way too much. You can get a starter for that. At, at multiple positions throughout the defense or offense. Oh, I know. And that's part of the smoke and the fire of, we haven't gotten into the free agents and off season moves too, but you look at what miles Jack is owed and he wasn't a three down linebacker. And there's a little bit of, I, I think they, he's got a significant type of savings as well. If the uh, Steelers were to move on and I hadn't made that kind of speculation just yet. Let me see if I could find um, our buddy here, miles Jack on this list as well. 
just to give you an idea of like what you were just saying, like Ogan Joby this year though was an eight million dollar guy. Uh, there you go. So there's the kind one of impact player you can bring in if you're not paying your backup quarterback that kind of money. Yeah, two 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 years, sixteen million for Jack. Jack would save eight million. They carried a lot of it over to next season. Three point two is the um, uh, dead money on there. And I mean, yeah, would you rather have Miles Jack or a guy that sits with splinters in his ass? Uh, that yeah. probably won't be very good when he does come on the field. Somebody, I, you think I'm being harsh. You should see some of the comments like on Twitter or Facebook, like just the general. And people talk about this in the general Steelers threads, not just these groups and everywhere else where, uh, God forbid, I don't know why I follow some of the things I do. I'm just a glutton for punishment, I guess. But somebody, somebody said uh, Mitch wouldn't even make it as a bank teller. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> Oh, like that's so cruel. I, I know, and I'm defending like you'd be giving away the money. I'm hurting. I'm hurting like Matt Canada, or trying not to hurt Matt Canada feelings, and say the guy will get fired. Mitch will end up somewhere. I just don't think Mitch. Would I be okay? I I would be okay with Mitch returning, just not on a 10 mil total cap hit. It's like yeah. nope, dude. Uh, we're gonna cut you and resign you for like uh two million, or maybe they resign him like two year deal. And throw like 10 mil, 12 mil or something at him. And it's like six per and there's a little bonus and it's spread out. And and they yeah, have point, the balls in his court at that point. If he wants to stay or not, I'll tell you who wouldn't pay a backup quarterback, $10 million of Ravens. So, yeah, well, they're not going to be able to pay <laughs> their quarterbacks. not going to want whatever that they're handing out anyway, which is going to be interesting enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Mitch Trubisky thing. And he was already like kind of running his yapper uh, at the, um, conclusion of the season and then to hear art rooney say whatever it's like why is there this fascination and then of course i, I think you and i were kind of in this same thing on twitter somewhere where we we're like oh well the mitch defenders are already out in full force of uh, on this news see look 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 he's gonna be back blah 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 and it's like uh like sharks yeah oh they are it's t it's terrible it's terrible man it just it, it all dry it drives me up a wall uh, i guess the one thing you brought this up. I think you had a little bit of extra to talk about with Brian Flores. I know we were already mentioning him a little bit, but just kicking over that way before we talk about another potential high dollar ticket item here. Flores has been getting a uh, a plethora of interviews and a lot of people have linked him with the Arizona Cardinals head job, which I kind of wonder. He's already gone through one volatile ownership team experience with the Miami Dolphins. If he wants anything to do with the Cardinals whatsoever, and I also kind of wonder if teams are just looking at this. I wonder if he'd have any interviews if he was unemployed. That's number one. And I'd, I'd probably definitely know. help being on the Steelers for a season. I'll springboard himself out. I mean, we led the league in picks, right? Uh, that's correct. I thought so. So, I mean, they, they, there's stuff on paper that he can go to teams or his agent can go to teams with and be like, look what my guy did. Look what he can do for your team. So I think it definitely helps that he was on the Steelers for the season. Uh, to get his name back in the circles because it seems like every other day he's pop. I think I saw the Vikings concluded an interview with him the other day, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. not defensive for what position coordinator. exactly, but yeah, defensive they, uh, coordinator as did the Cleveland Browns. I yeah, think yeah, those yeah, were okay. the three jobs. He may have had a fourth one that snuck in here somewhere too for interviews. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of looks. I, I think you're right. Uh, you're really onto something with the whole, he's already been kind of like through it <laughs> for lack of a better explanation with the NFL and their ownerships of uh, certain teams ownerships. So I think he'd want to go to a place like, Oh, of those mentioned, I guess like Minnesota, like I, I never hear anything really bad about their ownership. They, they hold on to guys for a long time and 
that's where we got Tomlin from, ironically. Uh, before uh, or after he was in Tampa Bay, Tomlin was the Vikings defensive coordinator in like 2005 or six, the year before yeah, he was hired. Yeah, yeah, so for like, like just one year circle. too, I think. So it was yeah. like a, it was a very quick tenure. Yeah, it, just, was. it was like one or two years. Yeah. I just hope for Flores's sake that people aren't wasting his time. I just got done saying the experience with the enemy, but we're talking about somebody who's already been a former head coach. And now, well, Vic Fangio took a job down with the Miami dolphins for their defensive coordinator job. Not one that Brian Flores was going to be in the running for, by the way, yeah. but you know, uh, just to say, Can you, you know, imagine the, yeah. the application process. Let's be let bygones, be, be bygones, you know, yeah, come on, bury the hatchet, whatever. And you it's know, one lawsuit. Well, yeah, what's we've, what, we've all had losses. This next time when we want to tank, just don't say anything, dude. Yeah, <laughs> just you know, Wink Martindale is getting some looks too. After he got canned as being the defensive coordinator with the Ravens, and then went over to the Giants, and the Giants' success all of a sudden springboarded a bunch of people. It's a copycat league. Like I wanted to talk about maybe the Tomlin coaching tree, but we only got so much time in a day or on a show. We'll talk about that later because. Tomlin, look, Brian Flores has already been through all this. So a lot of people will never ever give Mike Tomlin any credit for Brian Flores, nor nor should he get any credit for him. But they are sniffing around at different staffs. And when a team isn't isn't doing so hot, or there's a guy like Keith Butler who is a lifer and he's not going anywhere, Dick LeBeau, like Todd Haley, who was already an also ran as a head coach, if he wasn't moving, he's not going to move from being an offensive coordinator in one place to being an offensive coordinator in another place. That's where the difference is. Like Flores is a linebackers coach. There was always speculation that Mike Munchak may have taken an interview to still be a head coach somewhere else. But Todd Haley was already a head coach and a failed head coach that came and been an offensive coordinator. And then, of course, when he got fired, he kind of ran his mouth out of the league, so to speak, especially with the Browns. Um, and yeah, because you knocks. think he'd get another shot somewhere if he wasn't such a head case. Todd Haley, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I kind of mean. Like, you can't go saying Tomlin coaching tree. Randy Fickner sucked. If you think Matt Canada sucks, are they going to sniff around at him? The whole reason he got promoted to OC is because teams were starting to already sniff around to hire him as their own OC when he was the Steelers quarterbacks coach a couple of years ago. So, uh, yeah, I remember, it's... I'm not too uh, old to remember a time when people were rather excited when the news broke that the Steelers were going to roll with Matt Canada after the Randy Feekner days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of three years old and you would remember that. So, hey, I wanted to jump back to something real quick before we, we get to your old buddy, Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> this is a, well, it's not a pretty exhaustive list because I started scrolling down some. This was the 2022 quarterback salary so it's a little more complete because you got guys like marcus mariota on here at 4.2 teddy bridgewater 6.5 jacoby Brissett 4.6 uh mason did i already say mason rudolph was in here about 4 million Jameis winston about 4 million trubisky 3.6 so it's like it's still based on some of their cap hits or their earnings case keenum 3.5 geno smith 3.5 joe flacco 3.4 that's what you're looking at andy dalton 3 million those those are the totals you're looking for for a Mitch Trubisky contract. So, um, needless to say, if they're looking to hang on to uh, the biscuit, Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know what else to call him. I guess that was like his nickname. I don't think it's a very cool nickname. I think it's kind of dumb too. But uh, this is your guy from last year. We're going to go rounds with this now. Is it now time that Aaron Rodgers is seeing his way out of Green Bay and you know damn well there's people that are still going to call. I am not a hail-to-pick guy whatsoever. 
You know what I mean? And they still call you pit homers or whatever, because you like Kenny Pickett, you saw whatever progress, or you knew that you know how this thing works, but we know how it worked one time before in green Bay, when they moved on from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I just don't want to hear anybody linking the Steelers. We know there was a man crush there, but you're not going to sit Kenny now for a year or two of Aaron Rodgers and take a 50. And we just saw the number. I had it up like $50 million a year hit on that contract, unless the Packers are eating a, a significant portion of it, which I'm going to find out actually. But, um, are oh, you, yeah. I wouldn't even want that. I hadn't like, even thought about that. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm beyond satisfied with the Steelers at the quarterback position. That should be obvious to most people by now. I don't have any, inkling of interest towards Aaron Rodgers. I have no relations with that quarterback. I don't need him here. He's I honestly, since he's, since I wanted him last year, pre the Kenny Pickett days, uh, PKP pre Kenny Pickett. I didn't think he was like that bad off the field. I thought it was a little bit exaggerated. Like I really did think like, you know, maybe the media is a little hard on this guy, but he only like made it worse on himself with every opportunity with uh, the way he's, he's been in green Bay since signing that mega deal. So I don't really have any interest in him. I thought that was obvious, but I didn't even know there were people uh, talking about that, that possibly bringing him in here. I, uh-huh. I get kind of ridiculous with it, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey, which might not be so ridiculous after all. But Aaron Rodgers, no, pass. Thanks. We're good. Oh. We're, on to, we're on to Kenny Pickett. Yeah, no, you're on to Jalen Ramsey after the Honey Badger stuff last year, too. I just There, it, was, there was facts behind the, the, yeah. the Honey Badger thing. No, there was. There was definitely smoke to that fire. I don't think there's any smoke to fire to Aaron Rodgers, but there's people, it just goes to show you there's people that still aren't pleased oh, no yeah, matter yeah. what. And and, and and they're the same That's way. The yeah, they're the same way, whether they're in Pittsburgh or in Green Bay or wherever else. And let's just throw this up there just to slam this door shut. Guess who's guaranteed 59 point, I'll say five, round up the math here. $59.5 million next year in 2023. Oh, that would be Aaron Rodgers at Rogers. age at age 40 before his cap hits are 40.7, 59.3, and 53 and a half. In and the not subsequent really looking that years. great as of late. You know, no. as an Aaron Rodgers guy, he's not looking that talented out there. You can tell he still has something in the tank, but I don't know if it's $50 million worth of something in the tank. No, absolutely not. And while you brought it up, uh, I've been meaning to talk about Jalen Ramsey. We should have put him on deck for today, too. Uh, His contract, by the way, so 28 years old. He's getting up there, but he's a veteran guy. He's probably got a good three, four years left in the league. That's what he's got left on his current contract is three. And typically when these things occur, the Steelers would not have to owe him. They would be owing him what's basically uh, the cap savings side uh, because there's prorated bonus in this one column. So you're looking at base salary, prorated bonus. Now, roster bonus, they would owe him. The roster bonus does kick over to the new team. So let's say in 2024, the Steelers wouldn't be on the hook usually for this $8.2 million. And I say usually because these teams will come to some type of financial contract terms. They might rewrite things or do whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, the team has already paid this bonus, and this is just the accounting portion of the business. So Jalen Ramsey for 2023 would um, would not save any money 
for the LA Rams. That's why I don't see them parting ways with them next year. They're, they're going to have a dead cap of 24.6 and then 600,000. Although I was wrong about Matt Stafford. That Matt Stafford move was the same way. I thought the Matt Stafford move might've been a year early and teams still, they just bit the bullet. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. you're going to have to give up something pretty good for Ramsey for 24.6 million to be eaten along with 11.4 and 3.2, which would be in his salary in the subsequent years with the Steelers. If he were the team uh, that were the team he ended up with, 2024 would be 15.3 and 2025 would be 19.5 and he'd be 31 years of age around the Joe Hayden area there. I, I don't know how I'll I feel pay about that Ramsey. For Ramsey. I, I'll, I'll pay that. I'll, I'll fall on the sword and I'll, I'll pay that for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, proven, proven player. Sometimes I feel like he gives up, but he's not like Marcus Peters type of level of quit. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. A lot of good so, corners still get beat. Yeah. Uh, but on the Steelers defense, holy smokes, dude. I just don't know. Can they put that much more? The scales of balance with where they're spending their money. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know, right? You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I don't know. They can't put, can you put that many more eggs on the defensive side of the basket? And then you still, we know they're going to need to make some moves at linebacker. You got to make a move a corner too. So they do it by via trade, but then that's going to hit their cap. And by, by goodness, man, the people that are talking about the Steelers are up against the cap. Okay, we just talked about Mitch Trubisky, $8 million. William Jackson is at like 12. There's 20 right there. There's two guys. Boom. Yeah. Miles Jack's another eight, but then you got to replace Miles Jack. Or you you can't restructure Miles Jack, but you could extend Miles Jack and then spread that the money happen. out. So, yeah, there's a couple of different avenues. And this is all just everything with, we've seen so far with how they only have like a million and something. And it's because they're talking about Tremaine Edmonds still. And I'm just like, Tremaine Edmonds is going to break the bank. I don't know. There's a new regime in there, but I just don't think, <clears throat> excuse me, with the way that Omar Khan is, I know it's not Omar Khan. It wasn't Omar Khan's show before, but it was Omar Khan's show before. If you get what I mean with Kevin Colbert, he was still the guy that was sitting there like, well, Kevin, we can't, this doesn't really fit into the budget. So he's the guy who's running the household budget still with the Steelers. And he'll be talking to Andy Weidel. As far as that's where I think things get a little bit more interesting as far as free agents, trades, or especially the NFL draft is they did like a swap with Brandon's, um, uh, Brandon Hunt leaving the scouting department going over to the Eagles. And now you've got one of the Eagles guys that come over to the Steelers. So I'm really interested in seeing if he brings any of the Howie Roseman, almost kind of like draft day money ball type things coming around because the Eagles, uh, again, yeah, just, you know, just the sweet spot of how they hit on a lot of these different picks and whatnot too. So, uh, Oh yeah. I'm a big Andy Weidel guy, at least right now. I I'm excited that he's going to be a part of some decisions here, uh, to with Omar Khan. Cause Omar Khan's uh, a goaded cap wizard. He's, he's so good at just fitting so much money into a small space that it doesn't like screw the Steelers out. I don't know how he does it, but I think it's not just a Steeler fan thing. I think other fans take notice of how the Steelers were able to routinely do contracts and still get a lot of talent in here and not necessarily screw themselves going forward with the cap because Khan's so good at what he does. So you have that working with Weidel's hopeful aggressiveness. That That's a great combination. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally with you. But uh, about that time to remind everyone, the Steel City Underground podcast is brought to you in part by Manscaped. And uh, Manscaped, we got breaking news, off-season news, well, almost off-season news here. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They're once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, 
the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you could finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the code SteelCity20 for 20% off and free shipping. And by all means, I know we don't have a whole lot of ladies that are here on the show, but uh, listening in, but if you need to get a gift for your man, we've still got the performance package, which is pictured here, or you might want to be a little bit more intimate there. If you got your man manscaping. So check out manscaped.com with steel, with the promo code steel city 20, that's 20% off free shipping. That's worldwide by the way. And there's, there's a lot of different stuff now that comes with the beard, um, the beard hedger. I don't want to call it beard trimmer. This thing's got to put like a lot of nice settings on it. The little clicky thing. It's rechargeable. I was just using it the other day. Very user friendly. Yeah, I trim. I usually trim a little shorter. I got some of the grays on here. So I've been trimming a little shorter. I might be going for, might be plugging just for men here soon too. But I mean. <laughs> you used to uh, look like a 90s relief pitcher with the goatee chin. <laughs> you know what? I used to have the goat back in uh, college <laughs> and I looked nothing the same. Um, it's, yeah, it's it, quite it, the difference. You know, uh, I just, uh, I got a photo album from my dad who, you know, passed away a couple months ago. And I was back in the hometown and I was going through some pictures last night and it's a little somber or whatever when you're looking through this stuff, but there is a high school photo that I've never seen of him. He had hair like down to his shoulders and I was like, what? Right on, man. That guy knows what he wants. He didn't, he didn't have that hair probably for very long because genetically that's what I inherited. And that's why I am follically challenged. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not blessed with the, uh, with the thick rooted Italian genes of you, my friend. Uh, you know, it's the, I don't, I don't know if it's a Polish thing. I got a lot of Eastern the blessing European. and a curse. I'll say. It's, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but no, that kind of surprised me because I had much longer hair too at one point and it was just like, Whoa, that's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? So you could see yourself sometimes in your, in your parents or vice versa. A lot of people say that too, when they see my daughter. So, um, the old old man might've liked manscaped back in the day there, if that would have been available for him. So, uh, you know, you don't have to deal with those clunky, uh, disposable razors and stuff. You could limit your nicks and everything like that. You got it all covered from head to toe. Check out manscaped.com promo code steel city 20. And let's see here. Where, where did I leave off? I know we've got some other football, so maybe actual uh, current events to maybe uh, discuss besides Aaron Rodgers, who, quite frankly, I'm shocked made it to the show again. Let's talk about one of the two title games that occurred on Sunday, the NFC Championship game, Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. And I wasn't very surprised, like I was saying a little bit ago. I don't know if I, now I'm crisscrossed if I said that off uh, off the air or I said it here uh, on air. So sorry if I'm a broken record, but I thought the Eagles would handle the 49ers. I thought Brock Purdy would get, would get pressured and they would struggle. It'd have to be the Niners defense who did do their job for quite a bit of that game, but they also made critical errors, some penalties and mistakes. But when it comes down to Josh, uh, Johnson, dude, you're right. I, I know. I know I'm right. But here's the thing. How many teams has he played for? We already knew this. Me me and my buddy, I talk to almost every day. He lives up in Connecticut. He's a Denver Broncos fan. And I believe he was on the Broncos roster at one point this season, actually. And he definitely was at some point. 
Yeah. And he's just, we talk about him. We talk about, we use the word the cockroach for guys you can't get rid of sometimes. He truly yeah. is the cockroach. And he's oh, going to. Yeah. He's going to go from this appearance. He's probably going to end up in the USFL or, or XFL in, a, in the next couple of weeks when that debuts. It would not surprise me at all. He's probably, play, I don't know if he's playing the USFL. He was in oh, the previous. Such XFL. a great story. Su such a great story. Yeah. Not, not, a, not a great quarterback, but such a great story. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those. Can you blame him though? How are you no, supposed no. to jump on board? Now he's been around with Shanahan or whatever for, eons or whatever so he might be able to pick up some of the offense like that just through osmosis or know some of the system or or terminology is going to be the same or whatever but he's put in pretty much a an impossible situation of course i bring up his name it's like uh yeah josh johnson just at least it's him but come on give me his wikipedia entry so i, I can he's see on like 11 or 12 nfl teams like 14 total if you count the uh semi-league teams that he was on like xfl and all that because he was in like anything that involved football yeah oh i've got it he's like josh mccown yeah <laughs> who yeah, was, yeah who was like on about, about josh's yeah oh it might be what the thing hey age 36 he's still got something going here hey he's getting paid i can't blame him i got nothing oh, but right yeah. you know what uh I, I know it sounds like i might be dumping or making fun of the guy i have nothing but respect that he's that he is willing to pack his bags and move all over the whole place. Since 2011, he had a few years with Tampa Bay where he was settled in, 2008 to 2011. And you just look at, um, uh, let's see here, Tampa he's Bay. He's an awesome Madden quarterback, I'll say that, because he's so fast. <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Sacramento Mountain Lions. Now, this one, I'm not exactly sure. What was this uh, pro football team? Oh, this was the UFL, which was another failed league. That one barely – the UFL got, like, no coverage. But oh, I'm trying to think um, who was still there. Was uh, Dennis Smith still uh, kicking around and had one of those teams? There was, like um, – it only had, like, four teams. But anyways, I digress. If I have that wrong, I sincerely apologize to, uh, to the late coach there. Uh, but the Mountain Lions, Cleveland Browns. So he's also on that list of the jersey with the names that just keep going down to the floor. Uh, the Bengals, back to the 49ers, back to the Bengals, the Jets, the Colts, the Bills, the Ravens, the Giants, the Texans, the Oakland Raiders, and the Washington Redskins, two teams. One is moved. One is no longer named the same. So he's a part of like pro football history there. He's like one of these guys you bring in to have the World War II veteran cap uh, that you bring that you have come to school, bring grandpa or whoever to school, and they can tell you stories about the NFL and who played back then. He might play until he's 45 like Tom Brady, to be completely honest. And yeah. you go, uh, who did I leave off with? Okay, San Diego Fleet. That was Alliance of American Football. Detroit Lions. Yeah, baby, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Cam Kelly, Stan. Remember? I think he oh, was yeah. on the of same. I remember, man. Those are some of the best days of my life watching the Alliance of American Football. Same roster, I believe. I think they were both on the fleet, actually. If I went to look that up, uh, Detroit Lions uh, practice squad, Los Angeles Wildcats of the XFL, and then the uh, 49ers, Jets, Ravens. The Broncos, ding, ding, ding. We win the lightning round there. And then I think with the 49ers, he had more than one stint. And it's funny because if you keep scrolling down his entry, that's like professional career. And then all of a sudden, it's just like 2011 alone. It's like Niners, Mountain Lions, Browns, Bengals, Niners second time, Bengals second time. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. <laughs> Excuse me. He's I like still the got common that. cold. Oh, I, I, that's, 
I've had that dry cough. You said too. And I'm trying to uh, get through this. Even guys on TV and radio. Uh, there was one of the guys this morning, whoever was with Charlie. I think it's Bob Papa was with Charlie Weiss. That I usually listen to first thing. And he was apologizing the same. I'm like, that's going to be me in a little bit. I'm going to start losing my voice as we get later in the show. But yeah, Josh Johnson. So anyways, Eagles and Niners. When you got Christian McCaffrey throwing a pass. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about with the emergency quarterback thing, if they should be able to roster a third or have the third quarterback active, the actives inactives list and how all that stuff works. And it seems kind of preposterous. You could only have like one backup and everything else like in there. And uh, I wonder how much this is going to change a lot of minds on how some of that works. I don't know that it can a whole lot. What else was there to go to besides Josh Johnson? You know what I mean? This team was pretty thin at the quarterback position already. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a little bittersweet for the Niners. You see Kyle Shanahan, once again, through no fault of his own, is once again out of the postseason. Uh, before it had been Jimmy, Jimmy G or somebody, you know, but it's been largely injuries. And I don't know, I don't, you never hear anybody t- call for Kyle Shanahan's head because I think they understand that, not in the same way, like, oh, winning seasons, participation trophies. Oh, they won a playoff game, but where's the ring? You know what I mean? They still, they 100%, don't. 100%, yeah. man. They, they, got, they got pretty screwed. I thought for a minute we were going to see like Trent Williams taking snaps at quarterback, which would have been awesome. Uh, if, if they went through McCaffrey and then Kyle Juszczyk was trying to go through the playbook I saw on the sideline for a minute, they highlighted that. They were really, really screwed. And uh, I mean, I I can't really blame any of the players for that. Like, it's a shame seeing guys like George Kittle and uh, again, Trent Williams try so hard. And uh, really, you could see they wanted it. But when you're working with your fourth, fifth and sixth string quarterback, man, you, you have no chance. And uh, like you, I did. I bet on the Eagles in the over. Over didn't hit, but I had the Eagles pegged. I had them pegged all week. I thought that the Eagles and the Bengals would be in the Super Bowl, barring a Mahomes uninjured uh, performance, which is essentially what it looked like what we got. So with, with Mahomes being healthy, that changed everything in that game. But I did think Eagles and Niners, regardless of the Niners getting screwed, uh, injury wise, I, I thought the Eagles were going to win that game. I thought they had the best team left of the four in, in the playoffs um, from the roster structure, top to bottom. Um, I liked their offensive strategies and the way they attack down the field and the way they utilize Jalen Hurts' strengths and run him just enough that it's, it's a weapon that keeps the defense honest. But at the same time, you still got him slinging it like 30 times a game. And the defense is always humming. I love the energy and and the swag that the defense plays with on the Eagles. And I can see why, I mean, this isn't anything new. The Eagles fan base has always been passionate, but I can see why this year has been so extremely fun for them. And like, you're seeing more and more videos come out because this defense plays with an energy and and a, a nastiness to them. And they, they're, they're so like, they have so much depth, which is like a, such a underrated thing in the NFL that if you can have, impact players at all three levels and not only at all three levels, but numerous guys at each of those levels, that, that, that is just a great defense through and through. And I, um, Javon Hargrave, like guys like that, uh, Sue, my boy, <laughs> Fletcher Cox. And then the secondary has, has a lot of playmakers in it. You saw the impact. They lost Gardner Johnson for a good part of the season uh, with his, I think it was his back or his kidneys. He had a really serious problem going on, but he, he was all over the field yesterday. So they're, they, uh, they're the healthiest team left and they're the most talented team left um, 
or they were with these four teams that were left. Now, between them and the Chiefs, I still feel that the Eagles are probably the the better roster. Uh, but I think it'll be a great game. I think the Chiefs are probably they're limping in. Uh, yeah, exactly. you know, at the finish line, they're lucky to get an extra week off. Uh, this is the way that the Eagles have always kind of their mentality, especially up front is, uh, I mean, they still had Robert Quinn on this roster. They added Sue to it. They drafted Jordan Davis, Brandon Graham. Those guys are all Hassan Reddick, who was backups. a Steelers target. And a lot of Steeler fans wanted Hassan Reddick. He, he wasn't that great with the Cardinals nor the Panthers. He was pretty solid with the Panthers, but he has been a dominant force for the Eagles, probably because he's finally wearing number seven again since his Temple days. He's got his well, cool jersey number back, so he's playing to his utmost potential. He was played way too much out of position in Arizona, and then they finally decided he, he just kept asking to be a pass rusher from all the indications they were trying to do. It was kind of the opposite of like what happened with Ryan Shazier. A lot of people were like, oh, how's Shazier going to move and play in the inside? Uh, is he going to be an inside linebacker uh, from the co- you know, going from college to pros? And that transition was just fine. Uh, Reddick was misidentified, and I think people were still looking at him to maybe be an inside linebacker, even if, if the Steelers would have drafted him, which is pretty interesting because then he would have just ended up being like a, a menace coming off the edge and getting after quarterbacks. And... Yeah, Javon Hargrave, they've got some guys that they've signed over the years. When you have a rookie quarterback contract, you can go out and get somebody like Hassan Reddick. And it's funny because Reddick and Garner uh, Johnson. Yeah, 13th overall pick in 2017. That's that TJ Watt year. So he didn't quite just uh, fall, fall down into the Steelers' uh, lap, uh, into their lap. That's funny you mentioned that too, because for some reason I started thinking of Ruben Foster at the same time and how he's trying to make a comeback in one of these leagues too, USFL or XFL. But Linval Joseph was added to this. And I, I don't think, I'm trying to think when Joseph was actually added. I know Sue was added late. These guys were added late. You still they have were Josh added like Sweat. the same week. I remember because they did it yeah. really close together. They were like in the same tweets from Rappaport and Schefter. Yeah, and it, and it's be- and it benefits them because uh, they were they get banged up or inexperienced with the younger guys or whatever may be the case. Some older players, Fletcher Cox, but yeah, they can just they could sub they could sub them out like a hockey line, and uh, exactly nice. yeah, it, it's it's not normal the amount of depth they have on the defensive line at, at the talent they have. Everybody's got depth to a certain degree, but they have like guys that would be starting on a lot of teams who aren't even announced as the starter on game day. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in that secondary, C.J. Gardner-Johnson that they traded for, they've had Jer- Darius Slay they traded four years ago, James Bradbury, uh, interdivision pickup. Uh, and so they, they're they just they're loaded. Uh, and that's, that's where it goes hand in hand. That's why it bothers me when people are like, oh, the Steelers absolutely have to draft a corner. And it's, of course, it's Joey Porter Jr. in every single mock draft. And there might be smoke to that fire. And I would not be upset with that pick. I'm not going to make it sound like that. I think Porter, at this time, my thinking would be, if he could be like a Marlon Humphrey type player that's there for 10 years and a fixture, that's the guy you want to land in the first round. So be it. Uh, bring him on on a cheap rookie deal too, because they're going to need some of that to balance out the contracts between offense and defense. We were talking about, and that'll help. That helps the pass rush when you don't have TJ Watt there and you've got only like Malik Reed, but then you're playing with um, Josh Jackson, <laughs> who I was uh, thinking about earlier or, or, um, Oh, why can't I think of his name now? It, it was it Quincy, Quincy Jones, Wilson. Quincy Wilson, Quincy Jones is a music producer, right? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, hasn't taken a snap in forever or you're playing J- with James Pierre or whatever. 
that doesn't help the pass rush. They go hand in hand. And you hear about the term, you would throw this term out a lot, covered sack. That's mm. like, yeah. So when when you got good coverage, it allows time for the guys to get there. Or it's vice versa. The guys can't get there and they leave guys like Levi Wallace just hanging by a thread. So it's a little hand in hand. That's why the Steelers defense improved a lot better over the course of the season well, as they got healthy. And a lot of this is who is the healthiest team? Unfortunately, I think that was finally starting to fall apart. Both of these teams in the AFC championship between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals, or as I call them, the Bungles. I'm all here for everything that just happened last night, man. You got the Cincinnati mayor running around being a jag, asking for paternity tests. And a jag or a, or a jabroni, well, as Travis Kelsey dubbed them. As, a, as, a, as an Italian, I loved hearing that. I loved, I loved jabroni. You don't get those too often, a good old jabroni. Yeah, that was great. That's like coming straight from The Rock or the Iron <laughs> Sheik calls people jabroni. That's what Kyle Brandt was saying earlier. He called it the ja, they call it the jabroni mafia with adding uh, Iron Sheik, yeah. um, Dwayne Johnson, and then uh, <laughs> and Travis Kelsey. But I absolutely love that. They're interviewing uh, Patrick Mahomes, and Kelsey just butts in, and he goes, oh, it isn't Burrowhead anymore, or is it? Uh, and what do you say, asshole he or something? Burrowhead my ass. I'm Burrowhead sure. my ass, Yeah. <laughs> My ass always plays. If you, you say anything, my ass, that, that always plays no matter what, especially if it's a celebratory time. Oh, that was great. And then Mahomes started throwing a little bit of shade on top of that too, where he was like, I don't know if we have any cigars in the locker room to smoke uh, because you know, those guys probably did. And they're just sitting there all stale now. <laughs> That's what happens when you talk to talk, but you can't walk the walk and the Bengals, they, they had every right to, you know, uh, spark the fire. I think they, they had every right to, Get, try to get their own troops riled up. They're in the championship game. Yeah. But when you don't win, this is what this is what happens. This is the comeback. You you, you yeah, got to take this on the chin because you build it up to this point where you were certain that you were going to win. You had the mayor of Cincinnati doing a video about Pat Mahomes. So this is what you get for losing. Yeah, I mean, uh, take that L and hang it around your neck. Wear it with some pride. And I'm. Um, I feel bad to a certain extent. Like my neighbor is a lifelong Bengals fan, but it's kind of funny. Like there, the tears are really salty today. And I, I make a lot of jokes because there's a lot of folks that I know have absolutely zero interest in the Bengals or didn't. And they're either jumping bandwagons or all the, or, or whatever, pulling out old jerseys, like a Hushman Zada or something like that, that they haven't worn in 20 years. It's like the answer they find when they can't, when the Steelers aren't doing well, and all of a sudden you see like people coming into the game and they're wearing like an old starter Jersey. It's like, where did you find this Cordell Stewart Jersey from? It was just like, do you have an extra Jersey laying around? I'm not talking about like your hip retro type thing where you find like that cool apex code or whatever that you had and end up on TV. Lucky bastard. But anyways, um, yeah, it's nothing uh, like that. Other I have, I have an H train Jersey, Mike Allstott. So I, I have like a couple rando ones like that. I have nothing. Nothing too crazy. Though. I used to have a Michael Vick one when he was on the Eagles and a Calvin Johnson one when he was on the Lions. Uh, I had those when I was like in high school, though, and I have no idea where they are now. In fact, I think I sold the Michael Vick jersey for like beer money the one time, honestly. <laughs> uh, so I, I really don't have a good grip on where those are, but I still have the A-Train jersey, and uh, I think that's it as far as like random football ones go. Otherwise, it's all Steelers. Yeah, I've only had a couple. Uh, I, I'm almost all Steelers. I had one. If I think T. Higgins goes anywhere. I'm going to get a T. Higgins jersey, though, because I've been a T. Higgins guy. And 
I uh, he won me money. He won me money yesterday. I had T Higgins anytime touchdown score. So I was psyched. Low key, not a Bengals guy, but I was psyched when he scored and uh, the Chiefs won. Who I had the Chiefs to win uh, first quarter money line and overall winner of the game. So I got like the perfect of both worlds there. I got T Higgins scoring a touchdown, making me money. And then I got the Chiefs winning so that I don't have to deal with Bengals fans or people putting Joe Burrow on my face. That's why I don't feel bad for Bengals fans at all because you guys got Joe Burrow. You got the whole receiving core for another year or so. You got pieces on defense. Like, they're a good team. So I don't feel bad for them. It isn't like it was this or bust. They they, they got far enough with the karma that they got back oh, yeah. years and the, years of suffering, I guess. Well, that's part of the reason why I don't feel dumping on them but they just got so cocky and then all of a sudden it was like you're hearing from where are you at in the playoffs like all of a sudden they think they're like the Steelers rivals it's like get out of here you know what I mean most of Ohio yeah. most of Ohio is still Cleveland Browns territory because the Bengals were still a newer team that's grant that's your grandfather's football team so people really did not care about the Bengals like even going out almost into Cincinnati uh, they couldn't find people to even go to some of these games. The stands were empty unless it was like the Steelers or the Cowboys or the Packers that were coming to town. So it just, I get it. You probably have Steelers bandwagon fans that talk so much smack over the years. And that's why they get mad and they want Matt Canada fired because they can't talk the same smack. Don't worry. The Steelers are getting theirs. Kenny Pickett's under a rookie deal. That's how, that's how the Bengals built this, assembled this roster. He went out. The thing that makes me sick is actually Mike Hilton. And that that COVID year, I think if it wasn't for the COVID year, the Steelers tried to sign him. There's like this myth out there of, well, they never tried to bring back Mike Hilton. He just wanted, he, there was a certain dollar he had in his mind, and that was a certain dollar they had in their mind in order to fit within that budget. And it's not like they could have kept Bud Dupree. Yeah, people like that are so annoying because they don't yeah. ever want to, all they want to do is bitch about the result. They don't want to ever remember or mention the fact that it is like they didn't pay or sign anybody that year. They couldn't afford to keep Mike Hilton. So they, it wasn't a matter of, oh, they, they should have kept him. They let him go. They just, they didn't have the funds. It was, it isn't always in the cards to keep a guy who's good. They, they obviously wanted to keep him. That's why they kept him on the hook like year after year. I thought he was going to stay, honestly. Uh, the fact that he had agreed to play, um, consecutive years making like not the greatest money while he was playing well on the field. I thought it meant that he saw a long term there with the Steelers, but it's almost like he played too good and other teams took notice of it, especially a division rival because um, he always played well in, in the big time games for the Steelers. So I didn't, I, I hate when people are bitching about that on Twitter, like, oh, they should have kept this guy or this guy. It's easy to do that. Uh, it's not easy to remember the names of the guys that they decided to keep instead. Yeah, I tend to think that Hilton was better maybe against the run. He was definitely a good blitzing uh, DB. He had his moments in coverage, both good and bad. I don't have like a whole lot of ill things to say. Like people are going to say stuff about Juju now. Oh, Juju's playing in the Super Bowl. Javon Hargrave's playing in the Super Bowl. Javon, another guy they couldn't afford to keep. And he got to play a little bit more and got that recognition due to injuries as well. I'm psyched uh, for the both of them. I don't know who I'm going to root yeah, for. I, I might yeah. wear a Juju jersey and bet on the bet on the Eagles. <laughs> I just, just, just put like my Juju jerseys away. I have two of them. I just like literally they're, they're, you know, down the hall or whatever. I just put them, just put them away. Um, <laughs> you make it sound like you put them in storage in like Alaska. Oh geez. Yeah. You know, but it, it, they're in a deep freeze. I don't feel like taking them out now. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's they're, just, they're in hibernation. Um, you know, it, at least I got my Christmas stuff down before I put the, the jerseys away. You know, there's some folks that are still rolling around uh, town with their Christmas lights up and stuff. It's like, okay. 
I, I'm a guy that goes through the Orthodox Christmas weekend, which is about another week after, um, you know, New Year's and, and then my stuff comes down, but you know, okay, we're almost in February folks. Let's, let's do this. But back to the Bengals, just, there was so much smack talk. I don't mind if there's a little bit of salty tears and guys are on the bench. I feel bad for uh, Asai, um, not only hitting, um, uh, definitely a late hit on Mahomes. These teams both, it, it buckled his knee going into the, 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 the damn bench, trying to pull on the brakes and the way his feet slipped. And that sucked. And that just made me sick because I blew out my knee in a very similar type thing playing basketball in high school. So... I just, I looked there and I cringed and I hope there wasn't anything seriously wrong with him because I know that will probably put him out through camp and stuff like that. Uh, but for the rest of the Bengals, like Eli Apple's mom, one of the biggest like shit talkers out there had deleted her Instagram or whatever, or, or, or Twitter or both. She's off of social media right now. Uh, Eli Apple himself. He's just like, you can't stand him on Twitter. Yeah. You, you, she's gone. She couldn't take the heat. And it's like, you shouldn't have been out there, like just throwing softballs for people to hit. They were going to, they're coming for you. The people are taking yeah. receipts, you know, they're getting their, they're getting their receipts. They're, they're ready. So I, I the I'm, internet's doggy dog. Yeah. I, I'm here for it though. And next year. Yeah. The Bengals are still going to be a pain in the ass. I don't know that the Steelers just completely like leapfrog them or anything like that. Uh, the Ravens, it all depends on a whole lot of things. I look around the rest of the AFC North and they're talking already about like extending or whatever with Burrow. He's entering year four of his contract, right? And it'll be then probably a fifth year option decision will be made this off season. And then, yeah, I know you're doing the math there too. I think it was only, yeah, let's see, make sure I got yeah, this. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Cause his first year he got hurt. Uh huh. Second year, Super Bowl, third yeah. year, championship game, right? Yeah, you know, you got me second guessing it now. How dare you? I know, I know. Uh, but you're able to put the pieces around him because of that rookie deal. We already talked about T Higgins. T Higgins still under a rookie deal for one more year. He's going to yeah. get paid. How sick was that catch? And the same one Jamar Chase made on like fourth and whatever, fourth and six. They went downfield. Like both of these teams were trying to give this game away. There were they times. got two number ones with T Higgins and Chase, and Tyler Boyd's a number two playing number three. So yeah, their their top three is, is gnarly. I I'm very jealous of them, and it kind of sucks because the Steelers like we're known for being the team that can draft good receivers, right? Like everybody knows that joke. Oh, but the but Bengals you know are freaking loaded with their top three. Yeah, but <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Jamar Chase was what fifth or sixth overall pick? Uh, fifth, I believe. Hmm. I, I want to talk about this in a future episode in more depth. Andy Dalton gets hurt, and then you sit his ass on the bench, even when he's back. So you could tank to get Joe Burrow, basically. So yeah. just because you had a terrible season and you happened to get the best quarterback available with the top pick that was available, that doesn't mean you drafted well. I hate how people say, look at how this team rebounded. Joe Burrow got hurt his rookie year. That's the reason they got Jamar Chase. They're never sniffing Jamar Chase if Joe Burrow never gets hurt. So they had a couple of things that happened, and they had to eat crow for a little bit in order to yeah, be the ball bouncer away. Yeah, for sure. In order to be in this type of situation, so that like that really pisses me off hearing that sort of narrative. And then when you have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins, guys that are going to be making multi million dollars here in the next three four years playing under rookie contracts. They're not even, I don't even know if these guys are top 10. I'm going to see if I'm talking, if I'm blowing it out of, you know what, when it comes to this, are they even top 10 salaries 
on their own team right now? Let's find out. DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Joe Mixon. Uh, this would be for 2023, so this isn't entirely accurate. Jonah Williams. Okay, Burrow's in here. Top overall pick. He's got an 11.5 cap hit. BJ Hill, Tyler Boyd, Sam Hubbard. Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa. Oh, look, the free agents that they signed last year. And then Jamar Chase and then Shadobi Awuzie and Mike Hilton and Ted Karras and then T. Higgins, um, Logan Wilson. It, there, there's no way in hell that all of these guys stay on this team. Uh, they laugh at me. The Bengals fans do. They'll retain some of this core. They're going to have to draft well and then start making the same type of shrewd moves that everybody else has to make in order to stay competitive because you're talking about now, you're no longer even just in the Dak Prescott 40 million a year territory. You're, you're heading north into the um, guaranteed contracts of Deshaun Watson and the 50 million a year Aaron Rodgers type of territory, especially with a guy that's been in two AFC championships in his first three years in the league, uh, first two full seasons in the league. Joe Burrow, absolutely legit. I know some people try to say that maybe he wouldn't be as good if he didn't have all those guys. He still puts the ball there, and they make the plays. So can he be like the I kind say, of – I say again, all I said yeah. was the receiving core is sick. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, it's certified. Like I don't care how much money they make. I don't care when they were picked. They're they're three starters and two number ones and a oh, number two. But it's so they still got the legitimate. best receiving court in in the league. Like it's, it's pretty unanimous. And uh, yeah, I can't wait till they lose them. That that'll be awesome. But that's all I was saying was their receiving core is freaking good. Well, it's good because the Bengals had two bad records. So T Higgins was a 33 overall. That's what the Steelers are looking down the barrel of right now with their pick from the Bears coming up in yeah. this draft. So, They're still good. Yeah. I know. I'm not giving them credit for like rebuilding <laughs> the whole team. I'm just saying the receivers are good. No, I don't we're, care about when they got them. We're in agreement, but I'm talking. I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm talking about like hearing T Tony Romo giggle like a little girl all the time uh, ah. during the bracket. Oh, he was all over Mahomes. Like it was just like, can you two go on a date? He was bringing up all these obscure NBA references, the Magic Johnson, and like I don't even know. I'm trying to think who else he brought up. Uh, Dr Clyde Drexler. He brought up Clyde Drexler. And I'm I just think like, he's hearing the noise and people getting like tired of him. So he's like reaching now and trying extra hard, which is like the last thing he should do per the yeah. critiques. But no, that's what, that's what I mean though, is like, they've got guys that are going to be legit top earners at their positions here. And they're not going to be able to retain them all. And they happen to be lucky to have them all on the field at the same time, along with being able to fill in with some high quality free agents. This is the window of opportunity for them. That window is still open for next year as well. And then after it's going to get tricky and they've been a little shrewd um, with uh, what they did this year and some of their carryover cap and stuff. So they're starting to build up some money, a little nest egg to be able to pay Burrow. I think they've got about, according to over the cap, they've got 43 about plus million under the cap right now. I don't know how many players I didn't read here. Uh, 41 under contract, but that's not all necessarily starters. Like a guy like, oh, I don't know, Cam Sample, for example, or Cordell, Cordell Volson or something. Trey Hill, backup uh, center and guard. Um, Trent Irwin. So maybe some role players or stuff like that. But I think in Cincinnati fashion, it was, uh, I, I like, 
the guys that are like, who day, who day, who day think gonna beat them Bengals. I like they shot themselves in day foot. Like I'm just, <laughs> um, I, I, that one drives me crazy. The let's go Buffalo one drives me crazy. And when people try to needle me about the Steelers, Oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're going to, are you going to throw the six? They won six super bowls. Yeah. Yeah. I got it right here on the wall. Six times super bowl champs, you know? Yeah. I am going to throw that at you. How many super bowls have the Bengals won? Zero. Oh, for three, in fact. So Patriots just, fans do it, and like yeah. if, if they could do it, you if you could do it, you would too. To, to the fan bases that don't have six, you know, it's it's easy to throw stones and be like, oh, that's all you ever talk about, because you would too. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's like, what have you done for me lately? But still, it's like Baltimore can still have some bragging rights in the AFC North. The Steelers can as well, and then the Browns they pick up like. NFL championships and some other obscure league that hasn't existed for, you know, 70 years or something like that. And try and tell everyone how they won championships when all the men were off the war and, and in the uh, six team league or whatever. So yeah, I'm surprised Cleveland black people play back then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then uh, I'm surprised they haven't like claimed the, the Rams who were established in Cleveland as well. The, you know, anything that they try and do in order to, maintain some sort of revel uh, relevancy. Uh, I think the Browns will be a fun case uh, study as well with Watson in that contract. But our last kind of thing is I still wanted to go with the Bengals tears because all I'm hearing this morning or all I'm seeing uh, throughout the afternoon and even from some other friends is people uh, whining, crying, bitching and complaining about officiating. And to some degree, uh, for example, the Eagles game with um, <clears throat> Devontae Smith and that catch and everybody in the world could see on the replay, it's not a catch and they call it. And even Andy Reed having to use his challenges early, the reach out for the third down that, that some of, some of the things, yes. Some of the things, no instant replay seems to still be broken. What is a catch still seems to be broken. And the entire thing with Burrowhead, Arrowhead, whatever you want to call it. And that uh, side judge running out there like, Hey, everybody stop, like trying to stop an airplane that's already taken off and they run the whole play and then they get the, they get a mulligan essentially and get the play. <clears throat> the down over was very bizarre and it doesn't look well on the NFL, but that actually didn't end up affecting anything. And if the Bengals can do more than what, 24 yards of offense or whatever in the first quarter, a uh, couple of picks, not being able to run the football, Chiefs had their own problems too. They were far from perfect with some of their penalties and whatnot, getting into the receiver. That third down play where is it Cook, their one safety, got there early. I think he hit maybe Hayden Hurst or somebody early. T might have been T. Higgins again. Um, but the NFL. Yeah, I think it was Hayden Hurst. Yeah, but in general, there's enough plays. Zach Taylor, I'll give him credit for saying this. He said there were more than enough plays other than what happened at the end that affected this outcome. We left plays on the field and I can admire that a hell of a lot more than some of the people that just want to cry about officiating. We've done it. <coughs> Excuse me. We've certainly done it. I'm not immune to it, but I think there was a big difference between Jesse caught it and shoving a guy out of bounds at the end of the game when a field, putting him in field goal range that could win the whole thing. Yeah, it was clearly a penalty. Mahomes had two feet out of bounds. So I feel for the guy too for shoving him though because, I mean, it, the whole city is going to come down on the guy and he might have gotten hurt too. But I, I can see why he was crying at the end. You know, it's, it's, it's a serious moment. It's, it's a huge moment. Might be the biggest moment of his career. And uh, that it was a penalty. Uh, other, other calls throughout the game were questionable. It was a sloppy performance from the refs. It was definitely a, a tough look. I always hate when I'm watching a game, especially as the game's 
dwindle away from us and we're just we're holding on with two hands i i hate when the refs control the game so much that they're this much of a talking point the next day we're not tuning in to watch you guys man like let let some of the stuff go let let some of it go get your shit tighter too there's there's no higher stage than this you're in the pinnacle you're in the national football league during championship sunday like the only way up from here is the super bowl itself so there it can't be this bad when leaving the next day shows like ours are sitting here and we've talked about this because like it was that bad on on this moment in the nfl yeah um i'm with you there's a lot of people who talk about you need to have full-time referees and i could speak from experience of being in a pro referee union of how that might work or how it might not work and there's a lot that changes with that and when you have your uh, the the nfl does have a union so that's one thing when you're working with full-time referees and you've gone so a lot of the guys they say okay like uh they're attorneys or lawyers or something like that so they're able to travel or take time off more freely to be able to give to this profession it doesn't mean they treat it any lesser because it's quote part-time you think they're human just like me and you they're going to go to McDonald's on a Tuesday or something and get something to eat and not think about football whatsoever. Just like the players play video games or do TikToks in their spare time. I, I think that's a little preposterous. Where it does help is, is where you have somebody that's going to, that doesn't have that freedom. Teachers have the whole summer off or whatever. And you have this extra PTO that you could take to be a referee. And you got to be able to do it in college. So you got to be able to work Saturdays or if you're the Mac Tuesday or whatever goofy day that they play on. Um, and uh, just in order to move your way up into these ranks, they just don't come from anywhere. You've got to be experienced and you probably have to have people that evaluate you and then you get hired and then you work all your way up until you're the guy with the white cap and you've got the microphone and the, and the you know, the whistles in your hand. And, um, and it's not just him. It's the entire crew though. And you got to work together and it's good that they work as teams. Cause if they didn't, that's where the Super Bowl, where it usually gets goofed up, where they make it like an all-star type crew. And then these guys haven't worked together, so you don't know who you're used to. Oh, well, you know what? Zach and I have worked together on a crew. We've done 100 games together, and I know if that guy shoved that guy in the back and it should be a flag, he's got my back and he's going to call it because we've done this 100 times together where the other people, hey, how are you doing? I've never met you before. Isn't it cool that we're here? Like, it's tough. And if you make people full-time, uh, can that solve some problems? It might open up some availability for others, but now the guys that have spent eight years of education becoming a lawyer, they're going to look and say, well, if I sign full-time here and you don't have your own practice, let's just say you're working for another firm or whatever, and you're going to leave that or you leave your teacher and you're going to leave that for perhaps one year, two years, three years in the NFL, and then it's all over. You have like a bad performance. Your crew has a bad performance. You get dinged. You know, it's it's a funny thing. So there's usually, there's a base salary attached to that too. And then you would have your game fees, which should be significant enough. But in some professions, you know, we're talking lawyers and attorneys, man. Maybe a doctor. These people are not going to leave those type of high dollar professions so on the other side, you're going to lose some folks too that would be qualified. I don't think there's a perfect answer for it. I think the only answer for it is, is why do we still drag the chain gang out there? Like 
get some technology, put some cameras on the boundaries and quit being so asinine and hesitant to use technology to aid what will and can be human error. I have no problem that the referees make mistakes. I have more of a problem that the league doesn't try to make correct those mistakes in real time. You got the, they got the bug in their ear. Now the surface tablet, they've sped these things up. Like it almost seems like the, in some cases, the perception is they're picking the winners and losers. And that's never fun, especially now that you've got all of this money. All these states are legalizing it. Ohio just did it. Pennsylvania has been for a while with the sports gambling, with Vegas odds and everything like that tends to make you think there isn't something on the up and up when the games are a certain close or, oh, hey, the over under was this and it was this close to this or the line was this and it was this close to this. Uh, it really does make you question some of it and why they just won't go to the full technology. You've talked about it a billion times. So it's blue in the face. Tennis has like the high res cameras right down the boundary. You know, you know where the ball hits. I mean, you watch golf, mm -hmm. the masters is going to be on in a couple of months and they know exactly how many yards the ball has fallen and everything like that. Use the technology to help the referees. The referees are just as human as the players and coaches on the field who can and will also make mistakes. And you know, they're talking about why, why doesn't um, Kyle Shanahan challenge that catch? Because, <coughs> excuse me, he's got about 30 some seconds on the play clock, 25, all depending. And they don't, he's trying to get his play in the, the radio cuts out on the quarterback at about 15 on the play clock. And he's trying to get, he's trying to get everything together for the next play. And you're going to miss that. If you're not paying attention to the, to, if you're paying attention to what's going to be on the scoreboard, which they're not going to show that in Philadelphia either <laughs> when you're yeah, on, on the road. Yeah, I don't think anybody showed Shanahan the, no. the angle of the ball hitting the ground until it was too late. Yeah, but there's just, there's too much going on. So they've got to figure something else out. I thought that they were doing like this sky judge thing that the XFL was doing or they were considering it, but it doesn't seem like there's anybody there to help assist in. The only thing that, that happens is sometimes Sometimes, not in the case of the Kansas City thing that took forever to figure out what the hell was going on. I mean, the off offense and defense were off the field already. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that took forever. So you can't even say it's speeding up stuff, but they've got to figure something out. There's just something that's wrong. And you've got what, eight officials that are trying to watch 22 players plus however many else with the benches and players coming on and off the field and dealing with coaches and everything like that. It could be chaotic. You're in a loud ass stadium like Arrowhead. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just spitballing, but you expect when you're watching this product, what has become one of the most popular television events that's on every Sunday, Super Bowl will be huge and everything like that. You don't expect to be sitting here talking about this. Charlie Weiss just said the same thing. I think th that you just did. And he was saying something like, I think the referees sometimes just want to see themselves on TV. And I joke because refer no referee wants to see themselves. It's like when we're talking about offensive or defensive linemen and corners, the only time you're talking about them is when they do their job wrong. And referees are aware of that as well. They don't want to be seen as having uh, done their job wrong. They don't necessarily want to be on TV, but they are. They have that spotlight on there. And that's how you lose guys like Gene Steratore and Dean Blandino. And these guys end up, well, Tony Corrente, that's fine with me. You don't need him to be out there because he was terrible. But they're sick of taking the heat where everybody has a smartphone and social media and everything like that. And then they're slowly walking away. So you're losing some of the veteran leadership. They, they need to do something a little bit better. But every sport that has this instant replay, they don't have it perfect either. VAR and soccer, World Cup, co still controversial. 
everything that's in real time. I don't think we'll ever have a, a, a 100% great answer, Zach, but uh, they definitely need to, I just think they need to aid it with at least technology. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL yeah. definitely got to make some adjustments for sure. They stay getting their own way more often than not. Sorry. I had to cut, I had to ch um, chomp down on a cough drop here. Like I said, I was getting that drag cough. I think that'll do it for us just because I can't talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. but thanks man thanks for coming on here i have my little rant with the officiating thing if it the referees there are a there are 13 that's out there you know what i mean so sometimes i feel sympathetic for them, but i blast and criticize them just as much too i'm usually a little more careful than some folks with some of the ugly stuff they say but if you want to rip on the Bengals, go right ahead they're a fair and open game <laughs> so, yeah comment comment yeah. below please yes yes we'll get somebody that says something because i it says celebrating a Bengals loss so there's going to be some troll that jumps in here and they won't stick around this late in the show so thank you two percenters we've only had one of these a week for the last two weeks i'm going to try and increase them it just all depends because when we put in a little bit of extra time and cram everything into one uh, you know, we're in the off season now too. We could use a little bit of a breather and not be burned out. So, uh, but we, we appreciate some news. We, we need stuff to happen. I I can't wait for free agency and, and oh, draft talk and stuff like that. And any kind of news that that's when you want to listen to podcasts and listen to shows. So yeah, right now there's still some, some football on, thank God, but, uh, if it's, pre it's going to be slim pickings pretty fast here and we're going to be news dependent. Like hopefully some people get traded or people get fired. <laughs> you know something good so we can give hey, the people hey, what hey. they want they tune into the podcast here because we always have quality content that is very entertaining they should always tune into the podcast i mean we could talk about disney uh movies if we wanted to and i think we'd be all right so yeah i'm a, I'm a stitch guy oh my daughter is just on she's on a stitch kick right now everything stitch. just had a uh, a stitch party she's got a stitch cover you couldn't have picked a better thing to just mention right now so yeah well, pretty safe bets you know uh, pretty safe odds who doesn't love stitch he's yeah. he, that movie holds up or all his little shows they still hold up i don't know how they make it so funny um it's probably a model for the minions because the minions can't say much either and uh but everything they do and the noises they make and just their their mannerisms is is what you love to watch and uh yeah big stitch guy over here that's good Lilo's okay too myself on the spot i really can't I, I i can't think you know i used to love like um back when i was growing up you'd have everything come on after school and you know it was like transformers and gi joe or he-man the masters of the universe and stuff but you started to get some disney shows too so you had like ducktales and ducktales yeah. was like awesome darkwing duck that was that was my that was my deal like probably around fourth grade fifth grade something like that so i was a big darkwing duck fan so I have to go back and look, man. I mean, that's uh, I kind of put myself on the spot with that. I'm not I'm not like anti Disney anything though. Like I, I, I watched I've watched all the classics in Lady in the Tramp, yeah, Lion King, Hercules, all yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I went back even further than that. Um, the kid was into Little Mermaid, and you know, uh, I, I miss Hercules some of that. is around that time. So is Lion King. Yeah, they had like this. Uh, they had this jump in the '90s where they ran out of princesses and they went with like Hercules and like Emperor's New Groove and. Oh, I do! I love like Emperor's that. New Groove. That's also <laughs> still funny to this day. Yeah. Some great voice actors in that one. Yeah. So well, anyways. Oh, uh, but you know what? The goat though is Robin Williams is the genie in Aladdin. 
like oh yeah i love aladdin too aladdin's great i don't i don't think that that's one I, it's very that's a very high bar and i mean will Jasmine's smith hot. <laughs> hey if you get yourself a chance take out take a look at adam driver i think years ago on saturday night live did a uh aladdin spoof with the, like the <laughs> i magic, bet yeah he kind of looks like him i can see it magic carpet riding now uh, it's it's pretty funny stuff so that'll do it for us folks don't forget to like comment subscribe we're well past and beyond it i'll let you know if there's something else coming in uh and later this week don't just pop in but um pro bowl games who cares tj watt's not playing in it i'm not very uh he's not even playing it. it's like american gladiators so who cares yeah. <laughs> i mean that's what it is so Have him do like, american ninja warrior yeah well, the same difference it's just like some uh, blend of that with the nfl that they, they here just slap the sticker on there just throw it on like the flex seal commercial so uh my name's joe his name's zach we appreciate you uh tuning in watching listening wherever you're from drop us a line about your disney movies too I probably, I, I probably like, like everything. My mom, in fact, we're trying to go to Disney in a couple of weeks here. So, um, I'll be, I'll be out. So and no remote podcast from the magic kingdom, unfortunately. So anyways, talk to everyone later as we always do, as we sign off on this show, we encourage everyone to be safe, be good. And we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.